0: All right. If you're easily offended, this may not be the episode (laughs) for you. Not that we intend to offend, uh, but sometimes uh, topics like these can be a bit like uh, kicking a hornet's nest. Yes. And so uh, certainly we're not trying to do that, but here we go. So we're asking the question, what if your spouse has let themselves go? What does that mean? Well, have they stopped caring about their physical appearance? Have they stopped caring about their health? Maybe you married a strapping young man.
1: He's no longer strapping.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And some of the stuff, you know, as you age, you're going to change physically. Right. But there are, I think, factors that the Lord has given into our care. Yes. And if we stop caring for those things, we can't expect good things to happen. But what are the
1: questions to be asked? Is it a sin to let yourself go? Is it a sin to not care about what you look like?
0: Yeah. Well, uh, if you're curious about that and you want to know our perspective, and perhaps even what God's Word might say mm-hmm. about that topic, and as it pertains to your marriage, then you're in the right place, and we'll see you on the other side. Hello, hello, and welcome, friends. I'm Ryan, and my lovely wife, Selena. We are the Fredericks. This is the Fierce Marriage Podcast. Thank you for joining us. If your parents. Check out the Fierce Parenting Podcast. Uh, that should prove <laughs> instructive. We hope so anyway. Speaking of par- parenting, if you can't see us, if you're listening, we do have Sunny with us today. So please bear with us if there's extra noise. We love having our baby with us. So <laughs> here we are. Um, if you want to become a patron, uh, what that means is you're joining the Fierce Fellowship is mm-hmm. what we're calling it, which I love it. I yep, love that. It's good. Uh, yeah. Just go to fiercemarriage.com partner. That is a large part by which God provides yeah. through you. For our family, uh, this is a uh, it's a big task to Mm -hmm. do these episodes, to get them out to you every week, to do the online stuff, to write, uh, to minister. And so we have chosen the biblical model for our sustenance and that we're not you you won't see advertisements here, maybe with a rare exception. If we really believe in the thing. Or if they're offering us like a million dollars, yeah, we'll probably we'll probably advertise.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Depending on what they so far that hasn't happened.
0: <laughs> we're holding out. I don't want to brag, but you know, in terms of YouTube revenue uh you know, we do that YouTube advertises and uh we
1: got like ten dollars? I
0: think it's we we're up to like eighty nine dollars oh, a yes. month. You know what? So that's roughly $22 that is per some episode groceries for this
1: Frederick family though, <laughs> yes, you know, it is. So, that's oh, adds to the baby th-
0: so if you're just joining this conversation, you haven't watched or listened to last week's oh, yeah. episode, or I'll, I'll say the last episode, I think we might end up missing a week because I'm in the middle of finals and papers and all that kind of stuff. I'm in seminary. If you're not, if you're not aware, but if you're just jumping in, we asked the question last week mm-hmm. on behalf of a listener, what if I'm no longer attracted to my wife? Mm-hmm. So we talked about a spouse's orientation toward His or her husband or wife, Mm -hmm. wife or husband, in terms of how they they set their spouse up as their standard of attraction.
1: Yes, yep.
0: And uh, how do
1: how do they deal with the temptation when they're not feeling attracted to their spouse? How do they deal with the temptation of others around them that seem more attractive? Uh,
0: Yeah, or like the 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 guy who wrote in last week said he's not feeling. We actually mischaracterized it because it wasn't totally clear. And he, he he emailed us. I didn't tell you this, but uh, he clarified and said he's actually attracted to his wife. He's just not only attracted to her. And he wants to get rid of all other attractions and be only attracted <laughs> to his wife. Okay. It's not that he's not attracted to his wife. It's just he has. So... It's a, it's, it's. I mean, it's a clarifying. good question either way because I either think way.
1: people. have It's a good. It's a struggle that everyone, yep. That yep. most people, a lot of people can Hopefully deal with. Hopefully, something
0: in there helped. Helped our, <laughs> Helped the brother who wrote in. Um, so this is the other side to that, meaning that there is in a relationship. You have you're one of two sides. You're either going to be the attractor, the attract, the attractive person, mm-hmm. or you're going to be the attracted person. Meaning mm-hmm. that I'm playing both sides. At all times. And mm-hmm. you're playing both sides at all times. You're both being wildly attracted to me. Wildly. Wildly. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But at, a, at any moment, you're playing both sides, both roles. And so we've talked about being the attracted person and and the the agency that we can exercise faithfully as believers to make sure that we're honing our standard of attraction in on our spouse.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So this is the other side of it, meaning that you're looking now at your spouse saying, should, should your spouse be attractive? Right. Should you be attractive to your spouse? Yes. That's a big question.
1: It's a big question because I mean, just in your head, listener or viewer, you're probably already thinking you already have assumptions. You already have thoughts like we did. Right. Well, of course, like, yeah, you should never let yourself go or of course, like you should be attracted to your spouse all the time. And of course, like, yes, you know, a lot of, we have this kind of, and I'm not saying that those aren't always, I think they're driven by, I want to say godly motivation, but in the humblest sense, you know, Mm -hmm. um, like I want you, I want to please my husband on every level, right? Like I want to be a faithful wife. I want to be a godly wife. I want to be a fruitful wife. I want to be, um, one that, you know, is, is willing and happy and joyful to, you know, jump into bed and do all and have, <laughs> yes. have some fun married time. But I also want to be the wife that he can come to for help, you know, and the wife that he can uh, feel safe with and all of that. And so it just kind of, it, it those desires don't come from nowhere, right? If I'm, mm. if I'm in scripture, if I'm living under authority, those desires and and the seeds and the fruit that's being produced is from the Holy spirit. It's from yeah. the scriptures being
0: yeah. In our, in our life on a regular say, basis. And I would say the same is true for a husband, you know, a husband who I think is seeking his. So the question is, what if your spouse stops caring? Right. Because right. I will say like the, well, the normative model is what you just described. Right. That you are striving in a healthy way to be the, the ideal wife. And in, in the same way as a husband, I am striving to be the ideal husband.
1: Well, now, if,
0: Winning and failing. Yeah. And why are Um, we striving, right? Well, that's it's all going to come down to the gospel. It's going to be our our drive behind this. Like, I want to lead you well because that's the call that Christ has placed on my life as a husband. It
1: really is an obedience thing. I mean. I want to love
0: you well for the same reason. But I also want to be the kind of man that you can be proud of. Right. I want to be the kind of man that you can look up to and respect. I want to be the kind of man that uh, once in a while— impresses you with my, with my, uh, you know, physical feats, right? Strappiness. Yeah. I mean, so th- that's the ideal. Yes. And so the question I think we're trying to address here is what if your spouse doesn't care about those things? Yeah. What if they, they stopped
1: caring? At one point they, they did care right. about, and now they've stopped caring and you have maybe voiced some of your concerns, um, but it's just met with apathy or mm. indifferent,
0: or they've deluded themselves into thinking it's yeah. not really a problem.
1: Yeah, because we can hide behind all yeah. kinds of
0: so scripture and thoughts. And <laughs> we're gonna read. Uh, we're gonna read some some questions that were written in by wives about their husbands. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, this goes both ways. It happens that women, wives, are more likely to write in and ask questions. We get a good bit of men writing in as well. But this is uh, this was a theme, and so. We're going to address it, but yeah, one of the things is uh, at one point you were, you know, these, these, the the husbands have changed. Right. And the wife wants to find him attractive. And I think a a husband wants to find their wife attractive. Yes. Um,
1: It's kind of a different battle. It's a different, like when the husband, then the wife doesn't find the husband attractive. It puts off a different persona, right? Or uh, it's, it's not necessarily look down upon. But like when a husband wants his wife to be attractive, like there's a whole nother message that it feels like it's sending out. Oh yeah. Like, you know, and so yeah, let's hopefully get rid of all that. We're treading carefully, but you know, this is, we are, we are aiming at being godly husbands and wives and this is what they do. This is how they dress. This is what we, you know. Go
0: ahead. So let's read these questions and then let's get into scripture and see what it has to say. So Selena, I wanted to read this first question. Both of these are from Anon, by the way. Uh, Go ahead. (laughs) My
1: good friend. Uh, My husband has gained a lot of weight since we first met and we've gotten older. He's lost a lot of his hair and the weight has changed his facial structure. Uh, I can manage my attraction to him when he keeps a full beard that hides the weight gain. But when he fully shaves, I feel very unattracted to him. I've had conversations about this with him, but every time he shaves, it makes intimacy very difficult because he looks like a different person. Uh, am I just being shallow?
0: Mm. So. And that's that's at the heart of this question when you ask it, right? right? whether you're a husband or a wife, you find yourself thinking, wow, I just, they've kind of let themselves go. What am I to say right. about this? By the way, on the beard thing, I've heard it said that beards are the push-up bra for men. <laughs> yep, you got to keep it on. <laughs> By the way, I did shave it. It was it was a little out of hand. It was a little out of hand, yeah. Well, I'm going to grow it back, though. <laughs> I didn't shave it all the way off. The husband's
1: wondering. body is not his own. <laughs>
0: it's
1: like the wife's body Let's is not her own. Let's talk about 1 Corinthians 7. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so uh, it brings up uh, good questions here. Um, so... We're going to read the next question and then we'll kind of talk about some themes that are in here and then hopefully get in, get into scripture and find some truth. Right. So let's read the second question.
1: Question number two. I have not been attracted to my husband for two years. I've been trying to work through it and he is aware I'm not attracted to him anymore for very shallow and petty reasons. He's gained weight, does not take care of himself, will not trim his beard or cut his hair. He looks like a totally different person and I can't stand to look at him. I'm hurt because he knows how I feel and does not care. I feel terrible and shallow. I know that marriage is much more than the physical attraction, but I've been fighting the thoughts and feelings for two years and I'm so defeated that I just sit on the floor and sob. Truthfully, my husband is a totally different person. He's not the driven, hardworking patient man that I married five years ago and his new look clearly shows that to me. I'm just in a very dark place and I cry after we have sex because I really can't stand to look at him because it makes me so mad that he won't take care of himself. I've always tried to maintain a healthy lifestyle and be attract, be active, so that my husband would be attracted to me. But he does not show the same regard. This very petty, shallow problem has driven me into a very dark place in my marriage, where I'm avoiding my spouse. I don't want him to touch me, and I feel absolutely terrible and sick over it. I have a few other friends who are dealing with the same kind of problem.
0: <clears throat> so, what strikes me with, with both of these, I'm talking about some themes here, is right. that they you feel petty, you feel shallow, right? But at the root of it is not. I don't like the fact that you have a belly now or that the fact it's, it's the fact that you don't care.
1: Yes, that is truly the fact fact that
0: you stopped caring. And because you stopped caring about this aspect of yourself, I feel like you stopped caring about me. Yes. Does that make sense? (laughs) And So uh, I think a husband would maybe say the same thing. Now, typically um, you know, if I'm painting with broad strokes, you know, and as the, as the cliche goes, there is some truth to it. Men care about visual, visual things. Mm -hmm. They're more visually driven than, than women. Women tend to be more emotionally driven connection driven. And so would a, would a husband say the exact same thing? And I I think, yes, I think a husband would, um, if, and we've had conversations like this in our own marriage, um, about, you know, at different seasons of our life.
1: Yeah. I think for us, when we've gone through seasons of, you know, weight fluctuation or, you know, feeling a little more let go than put together. Uh, for me, the the default has always been like, no matter what, I I know that you care about me, that you care about yourself. And that I think I have this hope <laughs> that that we will not, that this is not permanent, right? This is, and not, I'm not talking like eternal things. I'm just talking about the here and now, like, okay, this is a season we're going through. You know, I've gained a weight, gained weight for whatever reason. Maybe it's postpartum or maybe, you know, I've just we've had a lot going on. It's been hard to take care of my body in certain areas. But the default, like where we fall at the lowest level is still so rich and full of hope and full of charity and generosity. And I know that you care about me, even in these moments of fluctuation. And how do I know that you care about me? You know, you, you ask me questions even when I'm mad, right? About the thing. You, you still you gently prod. But it's not from it's not from a place of policing, it's not from a place of pride. It's a place it's from a place of I care about you. I want you to be healthy for our children in the future, for grandchildren. We mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to bank into the future if, you know, God willing. Um, and I care about the orientation of your heart. Are you stewarding it? for the mission that Christ has given you, you yeah. know? And so like the, no matter kind of the up and ups and downs of, 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 weight and we're, we're dealing with matters of the heart. We're dealing with matters of the heart. The weight is just, um, I think it, a sign pointing inward, right. Of what, what's really happening.
0: Yeah. Well, there's other things like diet, right? Cause you have lots of guys who are skinny fat where, uh, you may not be putting on weight because right. you have you have metabolism that keeps that from happening, but you're very unhealthy in that right. maybe you can't see it happening, but it's happening internally. Right. Or you've picked up a habit like smoking or you're drinking heavily or you're, you know, whatever the habit is that's, that's causing your health to go South. Um, so it's there. I think there's two ways to divide this up. Okay. So there's the things that are outside of our control and things that are inside our control, right? As you age, okay, your, Your appearance is going to change.
1: Yeah. There are things that you can't help.
0: Things you can't help. You're going to, you know, your hair might fall out. (laughs) uh, you get those wrinkles. You'll get some wrinkles. (laughs) What? Um, You'll get some wrinkles. You'll get. uh,
1: Lose some teeth eventually.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't thought about that one. (laughs) What <laughs> so else I do you think? You, you might lose teeth. your
1: eyesight. So maybe that's good.
0: For- yeah. And so you got to get some, some glasses, which, you know, I think glasses could go either way to make it look better or worse. Stop. Um, you know, and of course, as you get older, your metabolism slows. And so it's natural in some sense that you're going to gain weight right. or maybe your posture suffers and you just, you just atrophy. Right. Um, the point is, is, is some of that's out of our control. Right. But then there's a the part of it that's in our control. Right. And so within that side of the conversation we there's another way to divide it. You can say on one end, you shouldn't care about anything physical and because you're asking this question, well, you're because, therefore a shallow person Right
1: because God cares about the heart, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, right because you should only care about the relationship that we have and you shouldn't you shouldn't be asking me that you're a terrible person for asking me about my physical health. <laughs> Okay. That's one end of the spectrum. Then there's the other end of the spectrum where you are obsessing about it, right? Where you are so obsessed with being attractive that now you're spending two hours at the gym because your metabolism is slowed down. You are not eating enough healthy food to sustain, you know, or you're obsessing about your spouse's appearance. And you know, the fact that your wife gained three pounds postpartum (laughs) that now she needs to get to the gym and work that off.
1: Right.
0: Right. That, that, so there's both ends of that, that the ruts on the sides of the same road. Mm-hmm. And in the middle, there's a balance in that. I love you the way you are. I understand that we're going to grow together. Right. But I also, we, we want to have optimal health because what is the purpose of this body that God's given us? Right. He didn't just give us a soul. Right. He, he, we are embodied people. Romans 12. Yes. We have a body. We have a flesh. We have a temple. We have a temple. And what is the purpose of this pot, this body, this temple? to glorify God it's mm-hmm. for the mission of Christ. It's to go like you can't go and preach the gospel to all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the father, son, and the Holy spirit, teaching them to obey all that he commanded. You can't do any of that without a body. You can't go without a body.
1: Right.
0: Not only that, but we, uh, when we are resurrected in the new heavens, new earth, it's a new, it's a bodily resurrection. Right. Our savior was bodily resurrected. He reigns now at the right hand of the father in the body Yeah. to say this stuff doesn't matter is a g- gross mischaracterization and a misunderstanding of how God views the right. body.
1: But to say that it's the only thing that matters. Right. Is the same thing, right?
0: Absolutely, right? And to uh to obsess over it is just any sort of idolatry and vanity. Absolutely. So I uh, you know you go to Song of Solomon, excuse me, go go to Ecclesiastes. <laughs> <laughs> the Song of Solomon's Woo! all about attraction. But go to Ecclesiastes and and you'll see there there is Like at some point you have to resign yourself to the fact that this is mortal flesh. Right. Still, it's not yet been made new. It's not yet immortal. So for me to act like you and me should never change Mm. and to obsess over it is a, is me telling God that his, the way that he's created us to to age, that his boundaries are no good. Like God, I should be immortal. I Mm -hmm. should have some level of immortality in me. And where is the, like, where's the humility in that? Right. That is a very prideful well, God took Take. away
1: the tree. Yeah. Of, yeah. He took away the garden. So that, right. that couldn't exist. And so there's, sorry.
0: No, go ahead. I, but the other thing I want to bring up, because people are probably asking this, well, what if I have some sort of physiological limitation that means that I am going to gain weight? Hmm. Right. There's the, the the common, you know, I have a thyroid problem, therefore I'm going to gain weight. Um, okay. But they're, gaining weight in itself is not a sin. But you know what is a sin? Gluttony.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Gluttony is is a straight up, like run of the mill sin.
1: Right, it's excess. So Meaning it's... that if
0: you don't know how to manage the amount of caloric intake, you know what also is is a sin. Laziness.
1: Yeah.
0: So you know what? Most people gain weight because they are lazy gluttons. And we're taking in a lot of really rich food, and we're not mm-hmm. having any output that justifies that level of food. And it's filling; it's an indulgence.
1: It could be some filling some other right heart issue. You it know, could be, forgetting yeah. that the reason why we have food as fuel, right? It's not just. It's not, and then there's also reasons. There's feasts, right, to celebrate, but yeah. you can't feast all the time. Then then it becomes yeah. not a feast, <laughs>
0: right? It, to chew so. the fat, like enjoy the good food, and and like go like steep yourself in the goodness of God in that food. But there's a point where but that, every day. where that you turn that corner where you're like, I'm not in glorifying God in this. I'm now sinning in this. Yeah. It's Just an like indulgence. Yeah. I, I, I brought I, this conversation up to a friend and I won't mention him by name because I don't want him to get hate <laughs> mail. But I thought this was a, he goes, cause he, he was, he was wrestling with our previous conversation. Yes. And he goes, well, but what about, you know, you hear, I get that you have a thyroid problem, but don't tell me you have a thyroid problem while having two buckets of fried chicken under your arm. <laughs> Right. And that's what I'm trying to get at is there. there is stuff that's in our control and there's stuff that's not in our control. And we are called to steward the stuff in our control right. and the stuff that's not in our control. Uh, we are called to give that over to God and trust him with it.
1: Well, and you know, what is, let's, let's get back to scripture about what, what does scripture say about our physical bodies? What does scripture say about us as a, also as a, a body and a soul, right? We're, we're human beings made in the image of God, Imago Dei. We reflect God's glory uh, in our appearance in my brown hair, in your brownish dark hair, right. In your, however, the Lord has made you the pieces he's given you. Like those are pieces to represent, to represent him, uh, to glorify him. Uh,
0: we are also, that's profound. Think about the fact that God has given you, I I don't think we get down into the depths of just what it means that God created you the way He did for His purposes, right? And you if mentioned He didn't care, like eye color. Well, I've heard, and I've heard,
1: I heard. I was reading on some research, and it was like, well, if God didn't care about what we looked like, He would have made us all look the same. He could have, you know. Wow. And yeah. I was like, He could have. <laughs> is that the only reason? Like, no, I, I don't know. You know, I don't think that. I think that He is a creative being, obviously, right? We have the Bible shows us this in Genesis 1 uh he mm. being made in his image is 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 one way that we can glorify and honor him when we take care of our bodies and understanding you know you go to Romans 12 and our bodies are temples our bodies are given to us for the glorification of Christ the glorification of the gospel to the Christian life is one of self-denial, right? Mm. And when we look at the Christian life, it is self-denial. If we love God, then we obey him. Christ Jesus said, if you love me, you will feed my sheep. If you love me, you will do what I ask, mm. right? But that is not just motivated always out of duty. Sometimes it is, but it's also motivated by the joy of being loved by Christ, being saved as a sinner, right? Mm. Being known and still saved, still still loved, Um our, the foundation of our self image, of our marriage. It cannot be uh, based on our looks. It can. It although our appearance is important, it is a piece of us. It is not the whole piece of us. And so, hmm. to move pieces, to manipulate the order, to move the boundaries that God has put in place, is to to live in sin. And so. What does the Bible say? Like in 1 Peter 3, Peter tells wives that their beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that one of inner self unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Uh, For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful, right? So we see that we see in Romans 12 opens with talking about how we are living sacrifices, right? We are, he appeals to you. Therefore, brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this word, but world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what's the will of God, good and acceptable and perfect will, right? He talks about the gifts of grace. He talks mm-hmm. about the marks of a true Christian. It's not the person who's dressed the best has the best, you know, BMI and, you know, is healthy and doing all the things, but the first things are first, let love be genuine, abhor mm-hmm. what is evil, uh, cling to what is good. But the Bible also says, right. In first well, Timothy four, eight. Yeah.
0: I wanted to bring this up because I think this is a beautiful, this this is where we're getting these thoughts from right. is the fact that there, there is value yes. in your body, right. But it's not supreme value. Right. I'm not saved externally. I'm just reading a bunch on Martin Luther right now for what I'm writing. And, uh, he makes a, a very clear distinction between the internal and the external. Now mm-hmm. the in, like salvation is an internal it's faith. Right. It's an internal reality that then bears external fruit. Yes. Um, and that he's not talking about body and soul, but there is uh, our tendency to not think in those categories. Right. Uh, so t- first Timothy four, eight says, this is for while bodily training is of some value. some value. So so often we just gloss over that because right. that's the, that's the protest to the, Apothesis, which is the if then or yeah. this, that type of thing. This then. So this, that. Yeah. So for while bodily training is of some value, it's of value.
1: Yeah. For your body. It matters. <laughs> yes.
0: Then he goes on to say godliness is of value in every way. Right. As it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So he's saying get these loves ordered correctly. Yes. Um, and so, but we must not fall on either side of either trench on the other, on both sides of that road. Meaning, right. we can't say that bodily training is of supreme value. Right.
1: And our physical beings will want the the flesh part of us will want to say will want to live in both of these ruts. I feel like the middle of the road is just like this hill that we're constantly <laughs> just like yeah. rolling yeah. from one rut to the other. But you know, as sanctification happens and the Lord is gracious, we're able to kind of stay. excuse me, right where the Lord wants us. But again, we're not trying to avoid uh, conflict Mm -hmm. or avoid, you know, feeling bad about ourselves or each other. Like, no, that's where the fire is. That's where we get refined. That's where the sanctification happens by God's grace, right? We're not just trying to get through stuff to get to a better place. Like, no, you are in the better place. Like you have the Lord, where you're at is where he's ordained you to be. So look at the lessons that are in front of you. Look at what God is trying to do Mm -hmm. in and through you and in and through your spouse. And surrender <laughs> and surrender to the Lord.
0: Yeah, that's good. Um, so, what, what what do you say to a spouse who has let themselves go? Now, some of the things I, I want to speak to that spouse. Sure. Who has let themselves go? Um, is it loving to say you do not care how you appear, knowing that your spouse cares and is and and has expressed? Yeah. The desire for you to care. I'll say it that way. There's a line to be drawn here because I can picture a husband being like, you know what, wife, uh, you've, you've really let yourself go. Mm-hmm. And of course, now he's heaping shame on this woman who maybe she does care and is trying, but having kids, uh, having taken care of those kids, the the, the rigors of the lack domesticity, lack of sleep, yeah. the lack daytime, of, sleep, the nighttime, lack of the- energy. Like maybe she's giving her her all, but cannot show up to the gym at 6 a.m. every morning. Right. Cannot go for a three mile jog every day because, you know, just logistically she cannot do it. But I have a husband saying to her, I care and I'm disappointed that you've let yourself go. What
1: should the husband say?
0: That's that to me, I think, is an unloving thing for that husband to say. Instead, he should be questioning wife. Do you how can I how how do I word this? There it is.
1: How can I help? How can I help you wife? Like if the wife is desiring to, to feel, to have more energy, to do all the things, you know, like I can just imagine trainers saying like, well, you can't afford not to, you know, have that go work out at the gym. Cause you need that energy for later. Like I get that. I get that. Like when I, I never mm. regret doing that, you know, those kinds of things. I feel like you're describing me, which is fine. I'm here <laughs> on this altar. <laughs> no, it is though. That, those are a lot of my realities. Right. And so, but you are so good at saying wife. I see that you are, you are, these are desires that you have. Am I right or wrong in this? I see that you might be struggling, uh, affirm or deny this. Uh, how can I help you in this? How can we do this either together or how can I <laughs> alleviate some of the weight with the kids?
0: And the end game is not so you can fit into your pre honeymoon no, bikini. No, no. That's not the end game. What the is end the game goal? is, are, are you as healthy as you want to be, can be, should be?
1: For the mission of Christ. For the mission
0: of Christ. And that is in our household? Meaning, do you have the energy to do the day-to-day stuff that you need to do? Do you right. have the energy to think and, you know, manage the household and uh, educate the In a the joyful
1: kids? and a loving manner. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so, but the, the big premise there is that you you have expressed care. You have expressed right. desire. Now, as a husband, I'm saying, yeah, let's go.
1: And then what about, what do you say to the spouse who has not expressed that?
0: Well, I, I, I see this happen most often with, and you said it at the outset. You said, I desire nothing more than to, well, with caveats, you desire right. the Lord, but you want to make me happy yeah. on every front. I think that's a wife thing, to be honest, because I've seen it more often than not a husband and it's not exclusive, but husbands tend to not have that same ambition. Sure. Meaning I've got the girl and I'm good. Yeah. Like I don't need to really, I don't need to win her any more than I already have. Sure. He sees that, the challenges are already done. And-, and that to me is just patently false. It's lazy. It's not leadership. It's, it's sinful, flaccid. If I can use that word, it is, it's weak of those men to say that you should be pursuing your bride every waking day. Now she's not your idol. She's not your God, but you should be wanting to pursue her.
1: Oh, wife is a woman is a glory of man, right? Yes. And,
0: And yeah. So when I, when I just see, when I see a passive husband saying, I don't care, you know, I'd rather, Play video games in my underwear and eat Cheetos, then get off my butt and go go on the treadmill or go for a walk or do whatever it takes. Sure. Um, you've and here's the thing I fear is that brother, you have disqualified yourself—not mm. from your marriage, but from any sort of meaningful engagement with our society. Like mm-hmm. you are disqualifying yourself mm. if if you are mentally physically lazy.
1: Yeah,
0: like that's a symptom of a heart. What what is at the heart of that, right, that you don't look with sobriety at the thing that Christ is doing in our mm-hmm. in in our world and taking that seriously, and that starts with di- it with disciplining yourself, loving your wife, it, it, which in my view this is probably the easiest, lowest hanging fruit, mm-hmm. and then taking it seriously enough to to make yourself fit for battle.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: that's a big thing. And so my encouragement to to those. To you, if you're in the side that has stopped caring or has let yourself go, is there is no shame or condemnation in Christ Jesus. He has saved you, and his his salvation is done. Now, what has he saved you to? He has mm-hmm. saved you to something, to a mission, right? And that mission, at least in some part, as we're trying to say, is to care for your physical body mm-hmm. in a way that is that you can look. Christ in the face and say, I am caring for this body you've given me. Mm -hmm. Mm. You can be a a worthy temple of the Holy Spirit. Now you are worthy salvifically because of Christ. I want to make that crystal clear. But Paul exhorts us to treat our bodies as temples for a reason, Mm -hmm. to not profane the body that God's given us, to not litter it, to not pollute it, to not fill it with toxins, to not not destroy it, the death of a thousand cuts, Mm -hmm. by by the death of a thousand cuts, Uh, And so for a reason, Paul is exhorting us. Now, if we don't care about that exhortation, um, that to me is a big thing. Deeper issues. Yeah. It's not just, you know, and this is why I get so up in arms about, uh, you know, there are certain. So the Baptists, right, in the South, we, we don't live in the South. So this is not a reality I grew up with, but I know the caricature. Drinking is of the devil, dancing of the devil. If you touch wine to your lips, you are basically the devil (laughs) and that same preacher who says that will get up and he will be 200 pounds overweight because that good old Southern cooking. Mm. Uh, We have missed it on this. If Mm. we don't as Christians have a holistic view of like, we are not Gnostics. And what I mean by that is there was an ancient heresy where they, they thought that everything physical was inherently kind of bad or lesser, less than, well, go read the gospel of John. One of the first things he says is that, the light came and, and and shone into the world and did what? He dwelled among us, among us. He he adorned flesh. Mm-hmm. Skina'o, right? He became the tabernacle that is flesh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so all the Gnostics are reading the first part of John, you know, rooting in, in holler and saying, Yeah, woo, it's the light. The light has come into the world. The light has shown in the darkness. Yes, light, the spark, all this kind of stuff. And then John's like, whoop, flesh. <laughs> and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And so I think we've we've, if we don't acknowledge the fact that we have both body and spirit soul and flesh that we have missed uh, our, our, to say it this way, our anthropology is not biblical. It's Mm -hmm. something else. Right. And so um, that makes sense. So get back to marriage. Yeah. Um, As we bring this conversation to a close, how do you approach the spouse? Now we've talked about being that spouse who is on the needing to work on Right. This now, how do you approach the spouse who maybe has stopped caring? What What are some quick ideas that we can?
1: I think whatever you do, you know, you you need to first acknowledge it together. Uh, there has to be that acknowledgement and getting to that place. I think is probably one of the hardest places because you are admitting, you know, you may be admitting sin and weakness. But praise God, right? You're not. Mm. No, that no longer has a hold on you. You are going to be living in the light, and it's more freeing. It's full of life. Uh, So whatever the remedy, once it's been established that like you want to move forward, the desire is there, the repentance is happening. Begin the journey of healing and health together, whatever it is, do it together. Wife, be the helper, show up, do the work together, be sensitive, be thick skinned in the beginning of any type of transition. There's going to be an adjustment period, like show up and, and be encouraging. If that is your husband, you know, and for the husband, I mean, it's like you said, be loving, be the sacrificial leader, make her laugh, encourage her efforts, be there with her while she is and help her see the horizon, right? I feel like men mm-hmm. are very good at having uh, the vision and seeing further out. I, I don't, I'm not that great in that right now. I don't know if it's a season thing or what. I think God has just wired and equipped men to be able to see uh, out further. And so you see that picture more clearly than I might see that wife, embrace that and say, okay, he sees it. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to, he sees that we can do this. He says that we can, you know, work out together. We can go on a walk together. We can, you know, start spending some time together, whatever it is, do it together Hmm. and be encouraging of one another, be humble with each other, laugh with each other, make it something you look forward to do together.
0: That's good. My encouragement would be to uh, get the orders of your, love and your focus right. In other words, understand the place yeah. of health in the life of a Christian, not just your marriage. Yeah. So uh, one of the big epiphanies for us was what's a healthy body weight right. for us? Not, can I get down to whatever that number is, Right. but what's healthy? What's strong? Yeah. What is, you know, cardiovascularly, you know, I don't want to be like huffing and puffing. If I walk up the stairs, right. like I don't want to be complaining if it's seven o'clock at night and I'm too, just too beat no energy because my kids want to wrestle again and I don't have the energy to do it. I don't want that. No. And so I would say get on the same page about that. Now the biggest hurdle here is not shedding a few pounds. It's not uh, running a few. That's not the biggest hurdle. The biggest hurdle here is apathy. Mm-hmm is caring together yeah, and then orienting your lives in a way that you're not idolizing this right. in a way that is dishonoring to God, but you're also not neglecting it in a way that's dishonoring to God. Right. Find that happy medium, right? Find that place that honors the Lord and run with it. Yeah. No pun intended.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but maybe. But maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we hope this has at least addressed the question. I'd hope we didn't nuance it to death, uh, but I also hope that we uh, we weren't overly brash with some of the things we said. We'll trust the Lord to let the cards fall where they may. Mm. Um, if you don't know who Jesus is, we want you to know him. Uh, he is literally, literally the best thing that's ever <laughs> happened.
1: <laughs> Quite <laughs> literally. Let's say
0: that. <laughs> uh, if you don't know the story of the gospel, here it is that we are sinners dead in our sin. We needed a savior. We can't save ourselves. As uh, Bodhi Bauckham says, dead men don't reach.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm dead. I need someone to grab me out of death and bring me back to life mm. uh, out of my sin. And God saw fit to do that by sending his own son who lived a perfect life. Died on the cross, a sinner's death, but didn't stay dead. He was resurrected. And if we place our faith in him, we are resurrected from our death in sin unto new life in him by the power of the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, it's a game changer. And that is the the greatest understatement of the universe. He literally changed everything. Um, And we want him to do that for you. And so we pray that this is one means by which he might be doing that. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know Christ, talk to a friend who does. Ask them to read the Bible with you. Mm -hmm. Go to a church that preaches out of the Bible. If you don't have either of those things, go to this website. It might help. It's thenewsisgood.com. Let's pray. Mm -hmm. Father God, thank you for uh, this body that you've given us. I pray that we would honor you with it. I pray that you help spouses navigating this issue or issues like it. Help them to see it with uh, sober judgment and help them to steward their minds, their bodies, their souls all of them uh, unto your glory and for the good of one another in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.
1: All
0: right. Thank you for joining us as a reminder. If you want to be part of the fierce fellowship, we would love that. Go to fiercemarriagecom slash partner. With that said, this episode of fierce Marriage is. can we'll see you again in seven days until next time.
1: Stay fierce.